0: Greetings and welcome to episode 10, the first milestone episode of the Chirpy and the Cats podcast. David's work here with you, as always, and I'm joined for this episode by a very special guest, somebody who I've been following his career and looking up to since I started doing this, and that's current athletic Florida Panthers beat writer George Richards. George, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Well, hi, David. How are you? I'm very well. Thank, thank you, you for that intro. That was... Quite nice, kind.
0: Well, you know, going back to the on-frozen pond days, when I first was getting in, come on, man. The fun days. Yeah. Pre-Twitter, pre-I mean, internet getting big and all that. Well, it was a blog, so it was on the internet. Yeah, but nowadays... We're not that old. Well, I am. I am, actually. Yeah. But thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. Before we dive into some of the historical stuff, uh, let's talk about the team as is. Yeah. You know this team. You've been following the Panthers forever. Have they ever had a roster this talented?
1: No, I don't think they've had a roster this talented. No, I mean, when you look at it, um, we talked about in the preseason that this is the best team the Florida Panthers have ever iced. I mean, will another Florida Panther team ever make it to the Stanley Cup finals? I don't know. They hope so. Sure. Um, But when you look at this team from the goaltender out, yeah, there, there there isn't a team that, that has been this talented in franchise history, and and we'll see where that goes. I mean, it, it's it's across the league. There are a lot of talented teams. Um, the league as a whole is probably better, you know. Um, but this is a good. This is a very good hockey team um, when they get it all together. And I think that's been the big question. Here we are. This is a podcast, right? Yeah, thirty. We, we can tell in. people we're in Tampa. Absolutely. You know, they haven't played the Lightning yet, so we don't know what's what, what's going to happen tonight, Monday. December twenty third, Happy <laughs> Festivus, David.
0: But We're air our grievances later.
1: Yeah, we are going to do that. We got the poll <laughs> over here. We're going to oh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be an ugly scene. Um, you know, they're right in the mix. We'll see how it happens. But once this team kind of, I think, it puts it together, I think we've seen it a few times, right? We've seen when this team has it going, and yeah. they look pretty good. We've also seen when they don't have it going and they look pretty pedestrian. And I I think those are some of the pitfalls this team has to try and avoid.
0: It's been a process for sure, but that's what you would expect. You know, a team with several new key players and a brand new coaching staff, new style. So I I expected some ebbs and flows as the year went on. And the hope is just that they get on that same page, you know, for the playoff run, really. But talking about the new guys, we'll start with the goaltender because you've got some familiarity with him. You covered him in Columbus. And with Bobrovsky, I mean, Nobody seemed that concerned that that's familiar with him when he started the season a little slow. It was kind of not expected, but it's like, okay, Bob's getting his stuff together and and he's really turned a corner the last few weeks. And it seems like he's ready to just uh, hit a real stride here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that while everyone kind of noticed that his statistics weren't very good, the first month of the season, we talked about the slow start. I think the second month of the season, there was maybe a little more concern because, there were some games in November where his stats or October where his stats didn't look good, but you could just like dude, he kept the Panthers in that game. Um there were some games in November where you were like, oh, the Panthers defense has really improved and then that was just a bad game by Bob. And I think you gotta credit Joel Quinville for 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 noticing that that game in Washington Bob gave up four goals on 20 shots that was one of the better defensive games that that the Panthers had played now Washington is a very opportunistic team you you give them one opening and they take advantage of it of those four goals I really only think two were you know were like Bob's fault regardless Joel Quinville is a strong enough coach to say okay you're sitting get your stuff back together and ever since then, that's what we've seen. Now, the last six games, all at home. Um, Bob is what three, three and three yeah, in those six games. Um, but but his he stats has been, were yeah. But it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. But he's, but he, but he lost three of them. He had nothing to do with those three losses. No, I those mean,
0: three. I mean, those three losses were. What Tampa, Boston, and the Islanders. Right. The three three of those games where Florida, for whatever reason, seemed to just – they couldn't get anything going. They no. couldn't get any speed through the neutral zone. It was all three games.
1: Slept, walk, flat, yeah, so, lackadaisical,
0: whatever you want to call it. But, again, the season, it's a long season. So I see, like, okay, mm-hmm. it's in it. the players are getting their stuff together. Bob's getting their stuff together. Eventually, you just assume, especially with Q behind the bench, that they're going to get on the same page, and they're built to do it. And you talk about Q. One of the things that I really like about him – is he's such an honest coach. He doesn't rip his players. He sends his messages like he'll, he'll sit a guy at the end of the bench, but he's not going to come out to the media after a game to us and rip into a guy as much as some you know we might ask him questions about a guy who played bad. Right. And I think the players can really appreciate that that they know that their coach has their back. Yeah, I
1: think he's got. I th- you know what? I, I talked to Brian Campbell when they first hired Q, and I said, "What's going to be the big difference uh, when he gets here?" And uh, Soup was like. Every player is going to know exactly where they stand with, uh, with Joel Quinville. And good, bad, and different, you're going to know. If you're in the doghouse, there's not going to be any question about it. If, if, if he really likes your game, there's not going to be any question about it. He really, looks, he really likes Nolachari's game. What's he do? He puts him up on the second line thinking maybe this guy can jumpstart you know, you help out the other two or the other two, they can all work together and look at what's happened the last three games with Noel Chari, Jonathan Huberdeau, and and, and Vincent Trocheck on that second line. So um, he's a coach that everywhere he's been, he's won. Um, everybody here knows it. And I think that uh, sometimes in this day and age of professional athletes with all the money they make, oh, what do I care what the coach, you know. That's
0: well, not the team that they've built here, though. No, right? That's no, no, not I'm what not he's saying that. Into. Yeah, but anyway, sure. but.
1: But Joel Quinville knows he's Joel Quinville. He's Pat Riley throwing the rings on the table. What he says he knows is going to stick. Good, better, indifferent. Yeah, and uh, and a group like and, this, and and you could tell the difference.
0: Yeah, with well, so many young guys uh, that starving for wins. I mean, Huberto has been here eight years now. Barkov seven. So these guys have been around for a while. They've watched other teams win. They've seen you know a playoff year. Um, it was kind of a flash in the pan that with uh, the twelve game winning streak. Was oh yeah, with Turk. Yeah, with Turk. Yeah. And then know, it's, it's just uh, it's time. You, you think it's just time. It, with a lead with so much parity, and the Panthers have struggled for so long. So they're really, you get the feeling that they're built for it now. Yeah, it seems to be. So uh, as far as the other new guys, I mean, you mentioned Achari. We talked about Bob. Well, Brett, Brett Connolly. <laughs> I mean, What, a what nice an amazing signing, eh? Yeah, well,
1: it, I mean, they gave him a four-year deal. He got a nice contract. So the Panthers were actually looking – you know that was a thing where maybe Brett Connolly kind of flew under the national radar, but I know all the Capital fans were like, "Dude, we just lost a, a player who people didn't know because he played for Washington." Right? He had some big goals in that playoff run um, in two thousand eighteen when they go on to win the, the Stanley Cup. Um, but when you think of the Washington Capitals, you think about the superstars there, and Brett Connolly was definitely not that. Um, well,
0: he's not that here either. No, he's not that amazing. here, but he's, he's just—he's
1: just you know, yeah, just a hard-working guy that gets things done and um, yeah nice 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 pickup nice find you know I talked to him the other day and and, you know I knew the big thing was I found out like two days before signing day that Brett Connolly was coming to the Panthers and the biggest reason was the Panthers were willing to give him a fourth year on that contract that was a big deal and I asked him I was like was it just because you wanted four years, because everybody wants term, right? You want money and you want term when, you, when you're Security, signing a free stability. agent. Sure, absolutely. But I think a lot of it was he had so much fun in Washington, he didn't want to leave Washington. So, but he had to. I mean, they were out of money; they couldn't yeah. do anything with it's business. Contract. Man, it's business. If he was going to go somewhere, he wanted to go somewhere that he was going to be able to kind of put down some roots and stay. Maybe you know. And, and, and with four years, he can do that here in South Florida. There's only a handful of guys that are signed as long as that. You know, Barkov, Trocek, their contracts expire before his does. Yeah. So
0: I think Matheson and Ekblad maybe go that far.
1: Matheson and Ekblad definitely go that far, and yeah. Huberto does as well. Um, but that's about it. Oh, well,
0: Bob. <laughs> Bob's Bob signed. <laughs> oh, yeah, Bob, Bob signed until Bob. my kid graduates high school. Yeah. So the last guy we haven't talked about is Anton Strahlman. That's what perhaps, you. perhaps you've heard of him. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Um, no, like, what what I really liked about Strawman George is um, just a very calming influence on that back line. Just a very steady defenseman, and like we, you don't hear much about him. And I feel like with D, that's a good thing because it means they're not standing out. And defensemen, for the most part, stand out more for the wrong ways than the right ways. There's not a lot of high scoring defensemen out there. And with Strawman, it just seems like a really good fit for that for that back line.
1: They're like offensive linemen, right? If they're not called for holding, they must be doing a pretty good job. If you're not
0: talking about them. Yeah, doing yeah. Good. No
1: no false starts, that kind of thing. And it was kind of like, look at last year with the Panthers. Uh, uh, Mackenzie Weger uh, was a guy that was just steadily solid. You didn't yep. really talk about him because he was just doing his job. Um, and, and I think Anton Strowman was brought in here as a free agent to kind of Obviously, the Panthers needed some shutdown defensive – some guys that played defensive hockey, and Stroman definitely does that. I think the big worry was, though, he was limited to 55 games here in Tampa last year, had the sports hernia, and when he said, you know, on July 2nd or whenever we had that press conference in Sunrise, yeah, I had sports hernia surgery, you know, at the age of 33, and I'm like, oy vey, you know, that's – I've seen younger guys take, you know, never really – yeah, come back because it's a one tough one. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that's your core. That's you know, Strawman looks good. Hasn't missed a single step. Hasn't missed a practice. Yeah. So obviously the you know the pan and, and Dale said they did their homework on that one because Strawman with the lightning being knocked out so early, he had his surgery. You know, basically two weeks after the season ended. So yeah, in April. Um. Right? So he had three, four, five months to recover. So everything was good there. But yeah, again, the way he plays, yeah, he plays a very solid game. Um, You're able to put him with anybody. You could put him with any of the the other Panthers' six defensemen that are here. They've got seven on the roster, including Pizik, who's now your fourth liner, uh, fourth line left wing, right wing. Um, You could put him with anybody, and and they play a pretty solid game. Now, is he the Anton Stroman of ten years ago? No, of course not. But he's still a very good defenseman, still a very good positional guy. Uh, Reminds me a little bit, not as big, not as – bulky is is Brian Allen um back in you know with the Panthers. Yeah. He just and and Brian Allen you know had some physical you know breakdowns. I mean he was he was you know he wasn't in the he had bad knees. You know, you know I mean? but he was always in the right place positionally and that's Anton Strollman a very smart, very cagey defenseman.
0: You bring up Brian Allen and that's a great segue into uh as we move into our discussion of the past. We we'll talk about Brian Allen came over here in a trade with uh, Roberto Luongo back oh, in the day. <laughs> that was a pretty good segue. Yeah. Man,
1: that's nice.
0: You see? We know what we're doing here. Very professional. Wow. So, I wouldn't even think of that. So tell me, George. You, you were around for both Luando trades. Do you have mm-hmm. any any interesting tales from, from back then? Let's see.
1: What do I remember from... Okay, so 2006, right? Panthers decide that they're going to... Well, the Panthers really didn't decide. It was kind of like a last-second thing, it sounded like. It sounded like...
0: They were this close to re-signing him. Yes, at the, the end. Panthers.
1: Okay, so so the backstory is the Panthers and Roberto Luongo are in a contract negotiation. I believe Lou had one year left on his contract. He wasn't like a free agent or his RFA or something. Um, and we go to the draft, and the draft happens to be in Vancouver. And I'm told nothing is imminent. We may be signing him. I'm like, oh, okay. Turns out, at the Twenty-third hour, Roberto Luongo starts. Apparently, this is according to Mike Keenan. Starts making a couple demands. He wants a new. He wants the goalie coach to come in, and, and there's a couple other things. He wants a no trade. He didn't, and, didn't. he
0: want them to resign Jamie McClendon? And as Jay, his yeah, they
1: wanted they wanted Noodles back as yeah. the backup. Which
0: yeah, of course, Noodles. Wait, is who great. cares with Luongo back then? He's playing yeah, 65, well, 70 games a yeah. year anyway.
1: So Keenan blows up. Yeah, we're not gonna let a player dictate. Keenan wanted to trade him anyway. Keenan. Keenan and Luongo's, you know, relationship wasn't very good in the first place, from back from when Keenan was a coach. Uh, so, anyway, long story short. So, we're in, we're in Vancouver for the draft. The day before the draft, me and Steve Gorton of the Sun-Sentinel, I'm working for the Miami Herald, and we get a call from Justin Coppertino. You need to come to the team hotel.
0: Justin Coppertino is the former He's PR, the PR guy, guy for the right,
1: PR guy for the Panthers. Calls us. It's like – local time, which makes it 10.15 in the East. And we've got to write this Roberto Luongo trade (laughs) on the fly. Meanwhile, there are no cabs in Vancouver because everybody – the entire NHL is in Vancouver, and they're all going to dinner at the same time. (laughs) And we've got to get 10 blocks uptown to the Panther Hotel. So all anybody remembers is me and Steve Gorton running uphill – in, in in Vancouver, going by all the other restaurants while all the other scribes are drinking and eating steak. And, hey, where are you guys are going? We're going to the Panther Hotel. They just traded Luongo.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: We're out of breath. <laughs> My kid's like, hi, boys, where you been? And we're like, you couldn't have done this tomorrow? Mm. You couldn't have done this tomorrow, bro. Wow.
0: <laughs>
1: and then you've got – so Luongo gets traded to Vancouver while the draft is in Vancouver. So – this is just like the biggest media circus you've ever seen. I mean, this would be like—I uh, don't even know. Like the Super Bowls in Miami, and uh, the Miami Dolphins make a trade for—I I, I don't know—some huge Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Good yeah. time frame. Oh my! You know, it'd be just like it'd be a zoo. You know. Oh, of course. Um, so here we are, the day after the—did you know, they have the draft and everything? And, and the Panthers make a couple more little moves, but whatever. I'll just never forget the building is cleared out and there's still some diehards, mostly Vancouver fans. Mike Keenan is on the floor come, like coming to the exit and they start screaming for Iron Mike and he puts his arms up in victory like, that's right, baby. I sent you. And I was like, you're welcome. Like, what, what is uh, that? What is this? You just, <sighs> you just traded away the best goalie the franchise has ever had for okay, a, 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 well, a, maybe maybe a replacement goalie, maybe not not.
0: Well, the star of that trade was Bertuzzi, who was For, ev- like veiled in controversy at that time. Great start, though. Yeah, well, he. I remember I was on the ice crew that year. I was working on the ice crew in the tunnel, and I remember standing on the glass when he scored the first goal of that season. Yeah, he had like five five points. Yeah, he came opening. out gangbusters, and even Ald, the goaltender, looked okay. And oh, God, Alex Ald, my buddy. Yeah, I love Alex Ald. What a great—he's he's a good great dude. dude. Oh, great dude! He's does
1: radio in Vancouver now. Really? Yeah, he's back in Vancouver. He's back in Vancouver. Oh, good for yeah. him.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. I honestly I couldn't tell you what happened in his career after he left Florida. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You no, know, we're gonna have to post podcast with that. Up. I
1: got a good story about him.
0: Please, let's go. Him and Eddie Belfort. Ed Belfour, uh, You mentioned Ed Belfour's name. You know, the first thing I think of is him swan diving across the defense. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the uh, uh, Carolina game. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the Carolina, the, uh, the uh, hurricane dive. Yeah. yeah, that is great. I love that. Um, so we're in October. That next year, it was a fun time to cover the Panthers because it was a circus, man. Um, <laughs> all right, so the Panthers have traded Roberto Luongo. Two months later, Mike Keenan is fired. I believe it was Labor Day. I was at the beach. And I get a call from, from Copper, Coppertino, the same PR guy. Uh, where are you at? I'm like, I'm on the beach. It's Labor Day. <laughs> All right, well, Not Lord, working. Don't go nuts. He goes, you probably want to get home. I'm like, get home? What are you talking about? It. He goes, you want to get home. And I'm like, why? Why do I have to get right. home? Uh, Mike Keenan is uh, no longer our general manager. <laughs> I'm like, what? The guy that just traded Luongo two yeah. months ago, now you fire him? Anyway. <sighs> Um, so, okay. So fast forward a couple months, we're in October. Um, last move by Mike Keenan was signing
0: Ed Belfort. Um, they have a little history together. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They have, you know, obviously that Chicago deal, but anyway, you know, Alex old was supposed to be the starter and you know, you trade for him. Okay. Alex, you're the starting goalie here in Florida. And then like middle of August, you know, Mike Keenan has to throw a monkey wrench in everything and brings in future Hall of Famer Eddie Belfour. Oh, this will work out well. So you've got Ed Ed Belfour who wants to be the starter, who wants to play every game against Alex Old, a guy that you know, young, up and coming, yeah, mid twenties back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. but but Lots wasn't very aggressive and, and kind of. If, no, if he had a very chill guy, yeah. If he had a bad game. The thing was, they'd put, they'd, he'd have a bad game. They'd put in Eddie, and he'd get a shutout, and he'd be the starter for the next two weeks. And just it really messed up Alex Ald and his confidence and all that. And that's neither here nor there. So one day we're in New York. Panthers are playing the Islanders. And we're sitting there. We're drinking coffee. We're down by the visiting room. And uh, here comes Alex Ald, and he's got, a, uh, he's got his ski cap on. And it's pulled down way low. We could tell he's got, like, a black eye. What's going oh, on God. with Alex Alden? And You could tell it's like there's a cut. And we're like, what the heck's going on there? We don't think anything of it. So we have the morning skate. We do our talk and everything. Leave, leave the arena. And I get an email from a guy claiming to be a bouncer at a nightclub in Long Island. And his thing was, he goes, I just thought you should know. That last night, the Florida Panthers were at our establishment, is attached to their hotel, and Ed Belfour had to be physically removed, and they got into a fight in the lobby of the hotel. Got in a fight?
0: Yes. Oh my God. Alex, yeah,
1: Alex, all like they were trying to like pull pull Belfour out of the bar uh, I mean Belfort is notorious for kind of yes, being a head yes, case yes, throughout yes. his career yes. like
0: not in a bad way but I mean I've heard he's stories he's a guy about, that has
1: one too many and goes nuts
0: well, and, and then he'll go to the rink at four in the morning and work on his pads when nobody's around it's just very eccentric But anyway I'm um, pleased
1: yeah yeah no 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 absolutely I, I loved Eddie don't get me wrong yeah so anyway this whole thing happens we're about Eddie Belfour in the fight and so, this guy just randomly emails you? Yeah, to- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and, uh, and uh, Brian Begain from the Palm Beach Post. So uh-huh. we start making calls, and we're tracking this thing down. There's an NHL rule. You can't drink at the team hotel. But in this case, the nightclub was only connected to the hotel, had nothing to do with the hotel. So, okay. so we say Yeah, gray area. No police reports were filed, but the police were called. So we, I get Jock Martin. Jock's like – I'm like, Jock doesn't want to hear you. He's now no. the coach and GM. I'm like, Jock – Either we talk about it or we're going with this. You know, this is what we've got. And he read the email. He's like, All right, here's what we got. <laughs> but the story was that this is what Ed Belfort told us. Yes, I was in the bar. I was not drinking. We were watching the World Series game, which ended at midnight. And then, you know, he got kicked out at 4 a.m., but they were watching the World Series. Um, and when they got back to the hotel, Somehow, a water bottle slipped out of his hand. Water got onto the tile, and Alex Ald stepped in the water and slipped and hit his head. And that's the, the where... The front of his,
0: the front yeah, of his head.
1: <laughs> Alex Ald slipped in water in the lobby, and that's why he's got the cut. And so we'd ask Alex Ald, so what happened? I slipped on some water, and I cut my head. Uh, Alex, I, I heard you got punched by... I slipped in some water and cut my head. Oh, man. So you didn't get into an altercation with uh, with, with uh, Eddie Belfort here. I slipped in the water and hit my head. It was like, all right. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then Eddie Belfour wouldn't talk to us for the rest of the year. Oh, man. Because we brought this to light. He was like, you guys are just making stuff up about me. I'm like, dude, you weren't watching the World Series at four in the morning, yeah. just so you know. I mean,
0: if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck, you know, that's awesome. It's interesting, though, because you talk about Alden and how how much did that mess with him? Just- oh, I think I
1: think it totally screwed him up. I, I think just that the whole just being around a perfectionist like that and then a guy that could just just could take over. You know, yeah. Eddie Belfour was a Hall of Fame goalie. Yeah,
0: he played very well when and he was with played very – He had a good, strong year. Even after Florida, I think he went and he played pro over in like the Swiss League or somewhere in Europe for a year. I or was actually seven. surprised nobody
1: signed him after the Panther year. I mean, Jock had just had enough. Jock said, "All right, enough of this mess. We're going after." Her. He went after. He got Thomas Volkun and Craig Anderson yeah, the draft that next yeah. offseason, and yeah. that led left Eddie Belfour out. Um, I was yeah. Eddie didn't play NHL hockey after that. Yeah. Um, and I was still surprised because he played well enough to do it. I mean, I thought he had a very strong year.
0: You know, he was kind of like the last goalie of that that 90s era of those great goaltenders like the Patrick Waz, the Osgoods, all those Western Conference goaltenders. And he was really the last one that was left.
1: I believe it's pronounced Patrick Roy.
0: Oh, pardon me. All Seriously, right. Seriously, dude. Now, staying with the, uh, the goalie chats, we're going to talk about uh, – you were covering the team when you mentioned Thomas Vokun. Yeah, Voki. Something interesting. And interesting is actually not the word I would want to use. Something pretty ridiculously, almost catastrophic happened to him during a game, and it was his own teammate. <laughs> oh, in Atlanta, that did it to him. <laughs> yeah, Keith
1: Ballard. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a tough one.
0: So, uh, it, tell the story. So anybody who doesn't isn't familiar with, or... I actually on, on like one of my
1: Facebook posts. This, this just happened like we just had the anniversary because I saw a picture I took at Phillips Arena in Atlanta. It was one of those games where I think I wrote, you could play this game in the Dillard High School gym and, and still have room. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, I mean, seriously, there was like 2,200 people um, in the building. It was brutal, and I think that was the last year of your Atlanta Thrashers. But, but anyway, um, we're, they're playing a game, and they never did well in Atlanta, man. The Panthers stunk in Atlanta. They stunk in Carolina, too. It seemed like the only place they won in was here, like Tampa Bay.
0: Well, just Tampa was not that yeah, good. Yeah, t- right. At that Tampa time Bay either. wasn't
1: very good. So in in the big old the good old Southeast Division, <laughs> the Panthers stunk in Atlanta. They stunk in Carolina. Um, but anyway, so you know, it's just one of those normal Atlanta games. I forget what's happening. Somebody breaks loose on a breakaway, and the last line of defense is Keith Ballard. Um, who came to the Panthers that off season in the Oli Jokinen trade, I believe.
0: Yes, from for, to Ar- for, Arizona. from Arizona. Phoenix, yeah. yeah. Phoenix um, back then. Yeah, Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: that's another story. The Oli versus Jock debate, but um, you know, Jock in his first year as GM, you know, had, had had it, or his first year as solo GM had had it with Oli and, and and traded him and got Keith Ballard signs him to a six year deal, whatever. Um, so anyway, on the breakaway, last line of defense, Keith Ballard. They score. You know, they pull the goalie out. Vokoun comes out to make to play the puck into the empty net. Ballard ticked off. Takes his takes his stick. And just wax at the wax the at the two-handed gold cage. Two handed chop, right? It was like a baseball swing. Only problem was Thomas Vokun's head was in the way. Oh man! So he just smacks the holy crap out of Thomas Vokun, knocks him unconscious, or at least Did he get knocked yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I yeah. mean, he said he didn't, but yeah yeah, he was that, out. He was like, out I cold because I just I just saw it. the video.
0: Yeah, that was unlike you don't see that right. kind of thing.
1: Like the, like I think it was it was Denny Denny and Goldie on the call, and they're like. Yeah, I think he he swung the puck. He's frustrated. He broke his stick, and the Goldie's like, "I think he broke the stick on Volkoon. And oh my god, you know they watch the replay. Yeah. In live, it just looks like you know he hit. his frustration hits the hits the, the cage. Um, so Thomas Vokoun gets carted off the ice, um, taken to a local hospital, and uh, Keith Ballard is just you know inconsolable um turns out the boys made up on the on the, the, the i think the team bus had to go pick up Vokun at the local hospital oh. <laughs> so the team's just like sitting on the bus and here comes Volkun. like they packed up all his gear for him and he just gets on the bus and like you know from what i was told like ballard was just like hiding but like on the plane he went up he's like man yeah, and okay but here's here's one of the funny parts um i was leaving the arena Walking out of uh, walking out, and you go by the visitors' locker room. It's right across street, right right across the hall from the Atlanta Hawks locker room. And right there in this this you know one of those little dingy gray garbage pails is a broken stick, and it says (laughs) Ballard on it. And I'm like, oh man, I got to fly tomorrow. If, If if I could get that broken stick. Like was eBay gonna, gold, yeah, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna have them both autograph it and put, you know, give it, you know, <laughs> donate it to charity or
0: something. That's awesome.
1: Um, but I, yeah, but I was like, yeah, I, how am I gonna get a broken stick on the Delta? You know what I mean? They're not, yeah, no, it ain't gonna
0: happen. So. Uh, it's like I, when I mentioned before, when I was on the ice crew, I used to walk by the Panthers' locker room just doing my job, and a lot of times late at night there'd be broken sticks just in a trash can outside. Oh, yeah. So I've got like I think I've got a Brian Allen broken stick. I've got a couple Radic Dvorak broken sticks that I picked but up. But not in the day. that broken stick. Like no, that, that
1: was that might be the most famous broken stick in Panther history, second only to the broken stick that the mascot on the on the jerseys. Yeah. stick. <laughs> oh I like that.
0: Yeah, that—that's a good reference. How about right there. that. I like that. All right. Well, before we right. before we wrap things up here, um, just since you've been around the team for so long, you know, when you think about all the years you've covered them, what are the most fond memories that pop into your head? Um, fond memories. I don't know. I think you know. I just kind of like.
1: Well, seeing everybody and, and having relationships with people and people in the media, people in in in, in, in different teams—that's uh, always fun. Like you know, knowing we're going to go to a city and, and see somebody that maybe used to cover, used to know back in the day, and just reconnect and, and, and talk some smack. Like most recently, Pete DeBoer. You know, we always have a good time talking. And now, you know, Bob Bugner, Yeah, uh, we talked for about half an hour the other night, just talking about you know things that happen here things that are happening now for him and obviously things have changed now that he's you know (laughs) a week later he's now the head coach and Pete's out of a job but um it's always fun you know Gerard Gallant's a good guy to talk to and um you know seeing those guys in Vegas just as an example um but as you get around the league coming here to Tampa is always a good time. Um, you know, you start to get to know these Tampa guys and, and, and some of the players and coaches and stuff. And, and that's, that's the part I like, I, the games just all kind of blend together unless, you know, the goalie gets smacked in the head by his (laughs) defenseman. Um, but I, I think you remember little things like, you know, just, just, just little things whenever you're there, you know, what kind of meals you had, it's, it's. I, I, I don't well, that's even the know stuff how to that stands
0: it. out, though. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like the little, the insignificant things that just matter to you is like what, you know, when when you think about over the years and you think about the timeline in your memory, right. that's the stuff that stands out. Yeah,
1: for sure. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, we were here for opening night and the Panthers played. I don't know what the, I think the final, actually, I do know. I think it was six to four. But I just remember being here and hanging out with all the guys. That was the fun part. The yeah. games, you kind of
0: don't remember. So of all the Panther players that you've covered over the years, any crazy, charismatic personalities that stood out and you know, stuff like in the locker room that out of the ordinary stuff from players over the years as they've been, you know, so you've been covering the team now for 15 years and you know, with a little break in the middle,
1: you would, you would think that, 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 yeah, there's gotta be right. But these guys, these hockey guys, it's not like football where we were. Where they're kind of more out in the open. These guys have places that they can go hide. We don't really get to see a lot of the idiosyncrasies. Sometimes um, we had Eddie Belfort. that that you couldn't hide. Um, you know, and then he gets arrested at the team. That's why he didn't get signed because he got arrested after the team party, after the final game. Remember that yeah. on South Beach? Yes, yes. that's why Wouldn't he there didn't. know, like surveillance video. Or something? Yes. yes, he and Villy uh,
0: Villy Peltonen.
1: Villy Peltonen ripped the uh, the uh, antenna off a fire truck. He was just hammered. Yeah.
0: Had not been drinking that night. Was, yeah. No. Villy.
1: <laughs> no. Villy came came clean. Yeah. Uh, we never heard from Belfour again. But anyway, yeah. um, that's why he
0: didn't play anymore. Right? Yeah, right. That,
1: that's that's I forgot about that. Um, when you're teams, winning Stanley Cups, like, eh, people
0: will be a little bit eh, more lenient. And forty yeah.
1: year old goalie. Eh. We're good. Um, so anyway. Yeah, he's kind of a nut. So, Bobrovsky's is one of the you know who was cool, it was fun to deal with, um, and obviously he's been in the headlines the last the the, the past week with the, the whole U.S. Uh, Hall of Fame thing. Stick with the goalies, Tim Thomas. Um, he was only here a couple months and and, and obviously was traded away. We got a bobblehead out of his time here. We got a bobblehead, the, the the Tim Thomas bobblehead on the the first game. In we town got without him.
0: Dale Talon bobblehead that year too. Yeah. What yep. I loved about Tim Thomas as for me personally as a goalie when I watched him play, he had so much fun. He was smiling, he was bullshitting with the referees and when mm. I saw that as a younger goaltender, I, cuz I used to be really serious when I played. I you know, I'd treat men's league games like it was Stanley Cup cuz whatever, right. those are our moments of of glory. But when I watched Bell or when I watched Thomas having so much fun, it, it something clicked in my head. And all of a sudden, hockey became immensely more fun for me. Yeah, like there I you just, go. I'd be joking around with everybody. For whatever reason, it was Tim Thomas and his just laid-back demeanor that it changed the way I played hockey.
1: Look at the look at that 2011 Stanley Cup Final when when all the pressure it, it turned out was on Roberto Luongo, yeah. even though he had the series lead, and and you know Tim Thomas was like, eh, whatever. When well, we the two win, of them we, were feuding a little bit too at the time, they were feuding a little bit, but you could tell the pressure got the lou. Yeah. Um, well, because
0: Thomas is, you know, maybe at that time a little bit different for Luongo, but Thomas has just always been this laid-back, fun guy. And Roberto, I've seen him now, and I've gotten to know him a little bit right. from being around him in recent years. But back then, I couldn't have told you. Maybe he was, you know, at, at no, that no, time no, he was a very, very a serious guy,
1: and there was a lot of pressure. He had all of Canada's well, weight like on contract, his shoulders,
0: and with that, that was right after he had won them the gold medal too.
1: Right. So you get the in gold medal in Vancouver, and then you're, you're up, what, 3-1? to one? I think three, they were up 3-2 three, three, two, two at home. Going home. Yeah. So you're up 3-2, and everybody's like, the play, the, here's the parade route. It's going to start yeah. Tuesday morning, and then you lose game six. I think and, they
0: got smoked game six. I think it was like 5-1 to one or something like that. If yeah, I'm and then they got
1: shut out, I think, in game seven. Yeah, But, but anyway, um, Tim Thomas, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> It's some you think about the goaltenders that have been through here over the years. Oh, the, the Panthers have always had good goaltending. Yeah, started with the Beezer, Ugh. then the Beezer gets out of here, um, and you Trevor Kid. You had, yeah, and you get Trevor Kid, um, and Sean and then Burke came hurt. in, and then you've got Lou, Lou. in two thousand. Yep. This this franchise has always had good goal taking. And you know who gets overrated? No, no, it's Vokun. Vokun went you know, to an All-Star Volkoon game in Atlanta.
0: Vokun was very, very good. That tandem of Vokun and Anderson was money. P- potentially the best tandem they've ever had. Yeah, that was like, money. That was yeah, really Yeah, and good. nobody knew
1: who Craig Anderson was. Does, and look, well, one he's year, still going. I remember
0: Vokun, he had like some kind of ear infection or something, and Anderson yeah, had, had to play like, yeah. every game on a road trip, and he was unbelievable. Yep. And that was a bad Panther team.
1: Yes, they played in front of some bad teams. Yeah.
0: Oof. I'm pretty sure that was the year that, uh, that we met up in Pittsburgh after I went to the Winter Classic. Oh, yeah. The first time I met Pits- you in person. Pittsburgh. It was the only way I could get you in person. I had to get you a hat. Now I'm in That's sense. not true. <laughs> you said you got me a hat. Of course. I, I wanted to meet my writing idol, man. Come on. Look what I'm well, doing now. And now we're going back like years. We're going years. back in time. Come on. Telling man. stories about Pittsburgh. Ugh, that was a fun arena. I love the old arena. Yeah, yeah I do too. That was the, a great arena. The Coliseum. Like, the, the old ones I like. That was a great. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. have you been to yeah. Pittsburgh now? The new one? Yeah, not as a media, yeah, but I've dude, been there as a fan. It's, come on. You waited all that time to get a new arena,
1: and all Pittsburgh blah. did was copy New Jersey. See, yeah. that's what I didn't like. I was well, like. even
0: the New Jersey arena, like, it's huge, but there's nothing really special no. about and it. and
1: Pittsburgh's got the identical arena. Yeah. You couldn't, like, you waited all this time, and then you just get a
0: Anyway. All right. Well, we'll end on this as we're talking about arenas. What are your, some of your favorite arenas to travel to? Ooh, just arenas? Yeah. Well, do you know, when you when you look at the the schedule, you see. I road like Montreal's
1: trips. arena just because that place is always jacked Ugh, and everybody's most loud. Most
0: intimidating building I've been to as a fan was Montreal. Yeah, because
1: if the seats go it's straight up, every seat's full. So cool. loud. It's loud. They're into every play. Um, I Smoked like going. I sandwiches. like yeah. I like going. You know, LA is kind of cool because of the light show and it's just LA. Um, What's the light show? They do like a whole pregame thing, and they put on a night. Oh, Las Vegas! I forgot about Vegas. Vegas is a show. Yeah, um, they really put on it. Hoping Vegas to make is really it to Vegas cool.
0: for the Vegas game in in a couple months. Yeah, it's At worth the end it. Of February. it. It's really cool. I'm trying to try to do Vegas in Arizona, so
1: we'll see how Vegas, that works. Yeah, Arizona's not one of my favorites. That that place is like being in a morgue. Really? Yeah. Or Sunrise, whichever.
0: Minnesota's not bad. It's a good, good... Um, oh, no,
1: Minnesota's a very good, very nice
0: arena. Yeah, it's like a good, good environment. Like, you know, it's very fans clean, are it, and yeah. you
1: could tell they, you know, Anaheim, like, they, they put a lot of money in that arena yeah. to keep it real nice. What yeah. about
0: Buffalo? What do you like? you think Buffalo?
1: I like Buffalo as a city. The arena's kind of dumpy. Yeah.
0: Buffalo's a fun place to visit, but the arena, I feel like it, it's like a huge warehouse where they put right. seats inside and
1: it. And it's just ugly, and you know, it's just... Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of a dump.
0: I'm trying to think if there's any other buildings that are, like, pretty cool. I mean, Chicago's fun to go to because they do the whole anthem thing. Yeah, Chicago's cool. But it's just, yeah, it's just... St. Louis was fun when I went out there. Yeah.
1: Mm. Nothing special about St. Louis. If
0: you could go to one arena, just visit one arena as a road, as a road journalist, where would you go?
1: Hmm. I guess I'd have
0: to say Vegas. Vegas? So i could go to Vegas.
1: Yeah. But but the show, no no, no the Vegas the, the 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 in-game entertainment is awesome. Like the whole thing's awesome. Awesome. It really is.
0: George, thank you so much yeah, man. for Thanks joining for me, me and brother. sitting down with me here in beautiful Tampa.
1: Tampa, Florida. And uh
0: I'll definitely do some more chatting this year, but Yeah. Um, but it's great to have you on, man. I really Thanks for having it. me, brother. And to all you guys listening, thank you so much once again for listening to the uh the X episode, the new Roman numeral X episode of the Chirping the Cats podcast. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, rate, let me know on Twitter what you think, and uh, we'll see you back for another episode. But again, George, thank you so much, and everybody, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Happy trails.